Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, April 23rd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, Democrats have subpoenaed former White House counsel Don McGahn, and Elon Musk sees a future filled with driverless taxis produced by Tesla. Then, the FT reports that Barclays is cracking down on its investment bankers' bonuses, and UK Parliament gets back to business after the Easter recess. Plus, the FT's Ed Crooks explains what ending waivers from U.S. sanctions on Iranian oil imports means for oil prices. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Democrats have ordered the former White House counsel to testify before Congress. Don McGahn will be expected to talk about how he stopped U.S. President Donald Trump from firing special counsel Robert Mueller during the Russia investigation. The U.S. House Judiciary Committee issued a subpoena yesterday for McGahn to appear before the committee on May 21st. Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives Nancy Pelosi held a conference call with fellow Democrats to debate their response to the Mueller report. Many Democrats worry that trying to impeach Mr. Trump would energize his supporters. They also pointed out that it's unlikely that an impeachment would make it through the Senate, which Republicans currently control. Tesla chief executive Elon Musk says the electric car company will produce the world's first ride-hailing service for driverless taxis by 2020. On Monday, Tesla held its investor day, where Mr. Musk said the robo-taxi service would turn the company profitable. Tesla would take about 25% of the fares as Tesla owners release their personal cars to earn money on its network. Mr. Musk had previously said that driverless cars would be ready by the end of 2019. Earlier on Monday, analysts at the advisory firm Evercore downgraded its rating of Tesla's stock. And they slashed the share price target from $330 to $240. Evercore cited demand concerns due to competition from rivals, an aging lineup, and reduced tax credits. Tesla now has 15 so-called sell ratings, according to Bloomberg data. Sources tell the FT that Barclays is cracking down on its investment banker's pay as it looks to cut costs and boost returns. The investment division in Barclays, Britain's last remaining global investment bank, is underperforming. So the bank is set to move towards a system where bonuses are more closely tied to performance. These figures for the first quarter are expected to be down by double digits compared with the same period last year. Barclays will hold its annual meeting next week. Activist investor Edward Bramson is trying to force his way onto the lender's board and is calling for the group to scale back its investment bank to improve returns. Barclays declined to comment on the bonus cut. Members of the UK Parliament returned to the House of Commons today after a one-week Easter break. British Prime Minister Theresa May is looking to get some kind of breakthrough in her Brexit negotiations with the opposition Labour Party. But few in 10 Downing Street are optimistic. The FT's Jim Pickard has more. It's quite possible that in the coming days, talks will collapse, leaving Mrs May to try and find some other way out of the Brexit quagmire. And that could mean the Prime Minister having to turn once again to hostile Eurosceptic Conservative MPs in her own party, and also Northern Ireland's DUP, both of whom want her to rip up her withdrawal agreement with Brussels, something that the EU has said is impossible. And meanwhile, as if this wasn't difficult enough, 
Theresa May is facing growing hostility from grassroots members of her own Conservative Party. And as of yesterday, uh, 70 chairmen of local constituency associations have called for an extraordinary general meeting of the Conservative Convention, which is a gathering of about 800 senior members of the party, in which they are going to have a no-confidence vote in her leadership. Now, it's only uh, a signal, it's not a binding vote, but it's another blow to the tattered authority of Mrs May. And on Tuesday evening, there will be a meeting of the 1922 Committee of Backbench Tory MPs to discuss a potential change in the rules in the Conservative Party that to try and make it easier to hold another leadership election. Because under the current rules, Mrs May saw off an attempted coup last December and the rebels have to wait a whole year before they can try again. But it's quite possible that this week the rules could be changed to make another coup more easy. And the pressure on Mrs May is certainly mounting. And here's a closer look at one of today's big stories. After U.S. President Donald Trump took office, his administration withdrew from an Obama-era deal that limited sanctions on Iran. The deal had outlined that Iran also would limit its nuclear weapons program. The Trump administration followed up by imposing stiff sanctions on Iran and restricting the country's oil and gas exports. But the U.S. stepped aside for a few allies, allotting waivers from sanctions for certain countries. China, India, South Korea, Japan, Turkey, a few others. That's Ed Crooks the FT's U.S. industry and energy editor. Here's what the U.S. decided for those countries. They will be allowed to continue buying Iranian oil for a period, and after that we'll see what happens, but it basically looks as though we're going to make them stop buying Iranian oil after that point. And that point came yesterday, when the Trump administration demanded allies stop buying oil from Iran altogether. These waivers from sanctions are going to come to an end. If you carry on buying Iranian oil after this point, then we will take action against you, um, various measures they can take through the financial system and so on. And so the idea is that the U.S. is saying we want to cut Iran's oil exports essentially to zero. We want to stop any countries in the world buying Iranian oil. We should note that this move comes just weeks after the U.S. government branded Iran's Revolutionary Guard a foreign terrorist organization. Ed, with respect to oil, what is the U.S. trying to achieve and is it even possible? Well, what the U.S. would really like to do is to cut Iranian oil exports to zero. It looks unlikely, I think, that they're going to quite be able to do that. When countries impose sanctions in this way and try to stop oil exports, there's always a bit of leakage around the barriers. Also, a lot of the countries that are big buyers of Iranian oil have said they don't appreciate the idea of being stopped buying it by the US. And they will certainly be looking for ways that they can circumvent the sanctions to continue buying it uh, so long as they can do so without suffering retribution and and some kind of uh, penalties from the US, which the US would certainly try to impose if it could to stop those countries buying Iranian oil. But that said, even if there is a bit of leakage, um, certainly it looks likely that the US can cut Iran's oil exports very significantly, and that will further intensify the pressure on the country's economy. The uh, government's already been talking about Iran's economy being in a worse state than it has been at any time in the past 
40 years, and it's clear the pressure is really starting to tell. And what the US hopes then that'll lead to is a change in behaviour. It talks about Iran changing its attitude to the region, to the way it exercises its power in countries around the Middle East, including Lebanon, Syria, Yemen, and so on, and in support for Hezbollah. Now, so far, there hasn't really been a lot of sign of that happening, but the story from the US is that the pressure really just hasn't been intense enough so far. And certainly, given that Iran has still been exporting quite a lot of oil, you could see why the US would think, well, actually, we need to just be really kind of determined about this to make sure that these sanctions really bite, and then we will see the kind of change that we want to see. What does this mean for global oil prices? Well, the reaction of the oil market has so far been unambiguous. It's pushing oil prices up. Uh, Now, what the US administration is saying is that other things won't be equal. In fact, and it says it's been talking to other oil producers, in particular Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, and it has assurances from them that they will increase production in order to make good any shortfall in Iranian exports. And US officials have been talking about how they see the world oil market as well supplied today, and they think it'll continue to be well supplied, even if Iran's exports drop to zero. Reasonable of them to think that. It's certainly in Saudi Arabia's interests to see Iran curbed. Iran, of course, is a great local rival to Saudi Arabia, and so it's understandable that Saudi Arabia would be supportive of a US strategy that would seek to um, restrict Iranian imports and restrict the revenues going to the Iranian government. And of course, in general, it's a, a good thing for Saudi Arabia if it can get to sell more oil at higher prices. So I think we definitely can expect to see a response from Saudi Arabia and increased production there. You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com. More than 150 companies on the S&P 500 are reporting quarterly earnings this week. Today, we'll be following results from tech companies Twitter and Snap. We'll also be looking for earnings from U.S. industrial groups United Technologies and Lockheed Martin. Consumer giant Procter & Gamble is also set to report. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. 
Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. So you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.